What's Brewing Sports. I think that they're going to be kind of the, the surprise Cinderella team. Just defensively, just get incrementally better. Everybody has lived up and failed expectations. That's it. The box score is what the box score is. It sucks for them. It. <laughs> so what's going on with the San Antonio Spurs? That's what's brewing. Welcome to episode 12 of What's Brewing Sports. I'm Andrew Broad, along with me as always, Richard Oliver. And it's a special day today because it is in fact Easter. Yes. And uh, here we are. We will not let you down. We will still belly up to the table, even on Easter. That's right, but you'll watch your language today. Uh, I'll give you a couple minutes of watching. Okay, 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 okay. okay. (laughs) So today's our Dirty Dozen. This is Dirty Dozen. That's right. Our 12th episode. 12th episode. Wow. Wow. Seemed like just yesterday was our 11th episode, doesn't it? I, it really does. I, well, it kind of was, right? It was a late episode. Plus, you had the great interview with the rugby gentleman from mm-hmm. Austin. So that was like episode and a half. That's right. That's right. So, we were, so this is really like 12 and a half episodes. Of yeah, life. sure. Unless I guess you could say that was 11.5. And then this is 12. So right. Just so we could kind of stay on course. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. so. For yeah. those of you following along at home. That's right. This, this, <laughs> it doesn't. It does involve math, so I know that this. We've kind of turned off a few people on this. Welcome, Andrew. I tell you what, we, uh, you and I, have spent the weekend together pretty much because yeah. yesterday we were at the Fed Cup tennis uh, event that was held at the Freeman Coliseum, which looked very good, by the way. They yeah, dressed it, really it up did. very nicely, and uh, we have. So we've seen. A little, you've seen a little rugby. We've seen soccer. Yep. You know, so we've seen some basketball. We've now. Now we've seen women's tennis right i mean let's check all this stuff off we are having a great time seeing a lot of different sports in san antonio absolutely seriously yeah it's been it's been a whirlwind of the last you know i guess three months now of doing this thing and you're Mm -hmm. right we've seen a lot of sports uh you know not only just talking about it but (laughs) but we've seen it and it's it's been a it's been really fun to go to these events you know because you and i have been going to events like this for years uh we've apparently broken a pipe in the house. <laughs> water flowing in the back. If it's not a dog barking or the door being open or something like that. But yeah, we've seen a lot of great stuff happen. And we've seen, you know, one of the great things about uh, San Antonio that, that and we brought this up time and again, is just the diversity of it. The diversity of what's, uh, what's offered in the seventh largest city in America. Right. And sometimes you don't realize, you know, because we're so singular focused on uh, the Spurs and maybe UTSA football when that gets going and all the different kind of... Uh, uh, things that that are associated with missions baseball and things like that but boy you know when you talk about uh when you talk about lately we've had the soccer has really come on strong uh rugby even floated into toyota field a couple of weeks ago you yeah. had an opportunity that and then again yesterday we sit and watch a very uh, i tell you what partisan usa crowd pro usa crowd uh rooting on us against switzerland in a in a world group kind of a playoff Right. Uh, the winner gets into the world group next year as far as the competition. And the United States earlier today on Easter Sunday finishes up and beats Switzerland. Right. And clinched it. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, that was a, that was kind of a fun blast from the past because I played tennis when I was a kid, when I was in middle school. Well, you know what? Late, uh, late elementary school into mm-hmm. middle school, I played tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, our neighborhood had a tennis court and I, mean, I can remember uh, I had my best friend, Ryan Ofinger, we would wake up at like 6.30 sometimes 
seven in the morning and just run out there, try to grab a court That's right. before everybody else got there and just, just play for like half the day. Just, just, just play match after match after match. I mean, it was right. just some, It was just how we killed time, and it was so much. There's the dog on cue. <laughs> <laughs> we got everything That's happening right. here. That's right. We got everything. Monsignor de Oliver is a lot of hub of activity. That's right. As you would That's expect right. on an Easter Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, really take in this episode because <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and I love that you know when you talk about uh, playing tennis. Now I played tennis. Uh, all the way through uh, high school and, and played intramural tennis pretty aggressively in college at Texas A&M. And as a reporter, I covered uh, A&M tennis. Uh, David Kent was the head coach at the time. They had, even then, they had a lot of foreign players who came in. And I, so I loved the sport. I loved it. You and I talked about while we watched the women's yesterday, the glory days of the 70s and 80s when you had McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and Elia Nastasi and go down the checklist of all the different players. And, of course, then you kind of graduate to Pete Sampras and, and, and the players that are kind of dominating these days. But I, I think back then, I mean, tennis really seized. It was, it was a big sport. And, and the reason I bring that up is it was huge in Corpus Christi where I grew up. HEB Tennis Center was big. The, the Southwest Conference Championships were held there. Uh, a lot of great uh, satellite tour events would come through. And then when you look at, uh, um, at, at San Antonio, the McFarland Tennis Center, all the regionals were, were held here when I was in high school. You'd come up to the big city of San Antonio for the regional high school championships and, the, and all the different kind of uh, competitions that were held up here because it was just such a great complex. And San Antonio was ablaze with tennis. And, and yesterday, to see the Fed Cup here was a, was a, a labor of love. For a lot of the folks that we, you and I, sat with and talked to, uh, one in particular was Pat Frost of Frost Bank. Uh, great guy for a Longhorn. He's a pretty good guy, and, and he. Uh, and, but he was there. Uh, uh, he has been working on this for nine years, and then he knew when we talked to him, he knew exactly the countdown. It has been nine years. His wife said, "This is a nine-year, you know, effort to have this here today." You know, so you could see how emotional and proud he was to see the Fed Cup here. And, and Andrew, as, as, as we talked to Pat, he's ambitious for more. And San Antonio Sports is very involved. Jenny Carnes, Mary Jaffet, Russ Bookbinder, the executive director, all of them were involved in bringing in, as they always are, and bringing in these premier sporting events. But they're aiming higher. They want yeah. to see some uh, some bigger things happen. They want to host a Fed Cup championship here eventually. Now, I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk with them. I don't know if you you got a chance to talk if you know this or not. Are they if they were to Host something bigger. Do you think that it? I guess this would fall on, you know, what time of the year that would take place. But would they try to move it over to the AT and T Center? Yes, yeah. I think I think if they got the if they got the Fed Cup championship. Yeah. Uh, although we did see it happens in November, so of course you'd have to kind of dance around Spurs basketball. But they probably would. I mean, sure. they, if they if they were guaranteed to have eighteen thousand people at a at a Fed Cup. A championship match I think they would do what they could do to make sure that it could happen right uh, but e- even a, even a world group would you if they played France or Australia or, or Germany or one of the powers because as we did our studying before the US and Switzerland played US has dominated Switzerland in this yeah. event uh, and pretty much did uh, Madison Keys lost her first match that you and I were were watching um, but then today uh, Sloan Stevens was just so powerful. She knocked it, had a couple of victories. So uh, three to one, they won three of the first four matches to clinch that World Cup. So my, my point is they, they move on to a world group. Uh, it has been a tough go for the U.S. over the last few years because France and 
uh, and uh, Sweden and Germany and sure. and Australia. Those are some pretty tough women's teams. Right. And, and I only know that, and I don't follow women's tennis that closely now. Serena Williams. You know, right. That, that's, right. That's my that's my women's tennis knowledge right now. You know, so uh, Caroline Wozniak, and uh-huh. I only know about her because she was engaged to. Uh, one of the Spurs players right. you know, for a while since so she used to come to the Spurs. She was a big Spurs fan when she was engaged to David Lee. I guess she is or married to him now or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but we now know that, uh, that, you know, a little bit more about this. And I know that the world group would be pretty powerful to get something like that here. Uh, not just a play in, you know, but an actual world group Fed Cup match. Right. I'm presuming yeah. that would be bigger. Yeah, well, right. I, yeah, I, <laughs> for, for 2020 or whatever, it, I think. It strains the imagination, but I think you could probably get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Takes time for me, you know. And I wondered, you know, because you talked about the AT&T Center, I wonder if they could play outdoors. I wonder if they ever play these things outdoors. It does, I don't get that feeling. Yeah. You know, but uh, I know they like the hardcore and they like, uh, but I wonder if they try different surfaces or if they, if the home team gets to choose what sure. kind of surface they get to play on, yeah, that kind a, of stuff. That's a great point. I mean, you know, the 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 U.S. Cup or whatever is out in New York, that's open. That's that's outdoors. Mm-hmm. U.S. Um, open, yeah. But I don't know about um, – But these international competitions, I don't know how that works. Yeah. You know. Some, I mean, some countries can't play on clay courts. Oh, I, just, I didn't know that. Well, no, I'm just saying just, just temperature-wise and, and uh, oh, atmosphere-wise. Right. You know, yeah, it right. makes no sense to have a clay court, you know, in particular – you know, Nordic countries. I don't know. Yeah, you sure. don't hear much about that, but you do hear. You know, that certainly in in France and, and toward the South American countries, they all play clay court. You know, yeah. and I just I knew that, but I played on the clay court a couple times during my brief career of of, of playing tennis, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You just slide just, all you, over the oh place. Oh my gosh, it's like being on. <laughs> so you have to have special uh, special way of playing that. That's right. all I know. But yeah, I think that that's. Uh, I think it's fun to watch the ambition of some folks in San Antonio to bring in certain things. And Pat Frost, I've talked to him for years about this and he's, he's tried year after year. And and we talked to him yesterday about the idea that, you know, he had things, they would have things set up, Mm -hmm. but it would be what if things. All right. We will host the next round of this fed cup match. Fed cup's been the target for a while. We will host the next round, but the U S has to beat Belarus and Germany has to lose to Paraguay and blah, 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 blah. Checklist, checklist, checklist. And it never worked. It never happened. Right. You know, but hey, you got it, but this has to happen. And it never happened. Now, this time, uh, it didn't happen the way he wanted it to. But the, but the match yesterday was a lot of fun to watch. And he was, aim- they're aiming for more than a world group play in. They want to play, they want to have something really dramatic. And uh, so, when you see what Pat Frost is doing, and you see some, someone of that kind of cachet working hard to bring in something like this and being tireless about it, it, it just it just kind of it, it provokes me a little bit when you think about the different the soccer, the crocketeers are working so hard to get soccer here. And you think about what's happened with, with tennis and getting Pat Frost to get this here. And we, we aced it this weekend, to for, you know, forgive the pun, and maybe to do something different. Where's the person for baseball? Okay. Where's the person to build that baseball stadium downtown? Who's uh-huh. going to endorse that when we all know it's got to happen? We all know that this city would support it. We all know that there's, there's areas downtown where it would make perfect sense for not only residents, but for your tourists, you know, like Buffalo and Indianapolis and Louisville and some of these other places have done where they have their ballpark downtown. 
You know, and you're a tourist. You roll out of your hotel bed one night and say, you know what, I'm going to go go watch a baseball game, you know, with the Tower of the Americas over the outfield fence. And, you know, just you know you're in San Antonio as opposed to where the missions are having to play their games out uh, yeah. at Wolf Stadium, which is just – it's just it's just – it's detached from sure. everything. So I ask you, Andrew Brought, who in this town is going to endorse bringing in baseball or a triple-A stadium or bringing in an NFL team or something like that? We all talk about it, all of us who are sports fans. Right. And I think that's got to happen at some point. You have to have that endorsement like Nolan Ryan had in, in Corpus Christi when he helped bring in Whataburger Field and the, and the hooks down there and Round Rock when they brought in the team up at Round Rock. And here's San Antonio, Texas, still has a Triple A baseball team now, but they need a stadium and they need they need an advocate. Right. And I want to know who that is. Right. I think it's a great point. You brought that up a couple episodes ago. I mean, God, now you say that it's we could say more than a few episodes ago now. Or right. Episode right. twelve. Um, and I think you know we got we brought that up back when we were talking about the potential of football, and then that always that you know the potential of anything brings up the potential of everything. Right. right with these right. conversations. Sure. Uh, but and I think you said it best. I mean, you, you just you touched on it just there, but I think you said it best the last time too. We talked about it. You got to have a strong ambassador. You've got to have that namesake who has pull, mm-hmm. right? Where whether it's you know some kind of celebrity pull or a financial pull of some sort to come in and say we're gonna make this happen. I'm going to have the conversations that I'm qualified to have right. with qualified people around the league, around whatever's going on, and uh, and start really bridging those corridors and, and then start to bring in. If you're the celebrity type, you start to bridge in the money guys or vice versa. If you're the money guys, you start to bring in the celebrity, the celebrity types of the area of South Texas to, to advocate for that and to bring that in. But either way, I, yeah, you've got to have – You've got to have that um, that it factor, right? At, with your whoever your ambassador is, that ambassador right. has to have that it factor, like Frost, mm-hmm. something of that caliber to say, let's make this happen. And then, yeah, I mean, I you know, the more we talk about this stuff, I don't know how much of that just falls on like a mayor saying, oh, I want to do this, because right. I don't know how much they can really control that. No, and Ivy Taylor was all over building a ballpark downtown. She couldn't make she couldn't make it happen. Right, right. And Ron Nuremberg has no appetite for it. Right. You know, so, you know, I don't know, but I, you know, Red McCombs. Well, right. Graham Weston. Uh, go down your, your list of guys who have some, uh, who have some cachet in the community. Not only, to your point, not only they've got some money, but they've also got some uh, political pull and they also have some, uh, some desire for it. And the only reason I bring that up, and I, it just because it, it chaps me, you know it chaps me, is that, you know, and, and I wish I'd, you know, win the Mega Millions and then I could parade around and, and have some muscle on this kind of stuff and say, right. you know, hey, we're going to make this happen. We're going to have a charity component to this. We're going to have a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a business component to this. It's strong for a community to have uh, a quality of life type initiative like that. We're going to have, you know, we've done all of these different kind of things. Uh, why don't we have this happen? And I think at some point you've got to have someone like a Red McCombs or an Ed Whitaker or a, uh, you know, go down Bill Greehy of New Star or, uh, you know, I, I could I could I could list off 10 or 12 of them who have the vision like Pat Frost did. And, and, and that's a smaller scale, the Fed Cup. But the guy wanted this here and he had some some cachet and he had some uh, some 
Uh, he has the name behind him. He has the desire, and he made it happen. Right. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing because you and I know when we watch the Alliance of American Football, as, as crappy as that turned out to be, how this city could, could get their teeth into something and really want to support it. So, you know, and I'm talking about, and I'm talking about, you know, in my view, I'm talking about AAA baseball, building a stadium somewhere, share it with UTSA, something. You've got to have a better stadium. We're San Antonio, Texas. It's ridiculous. We love our baseball. But, you know, that, that's what really chaps me when we see that we have these kind of opportunities and we just, we don't have an advocate for it. So I look, I look forward to that because it's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to step up grab some headlines, say, here's what we're going to do. Here's why it's important. Here's why it can help your community. And here's why uh, we're going to do it X, Y, Z time. By 2020, we're going to have this stadium here. Right. Somebody do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I agree. So we're not I getting agree. Major League Soccer because Don, Don Garber, Garber sucks. sucks. That's right. That's right. Again, there's, there's your plug for, for week the day. 12, there's, Don Garber yeah, right. still sucks. There's your Don Garber sucks for the day. Well, before <laughs> no. we put a pin in this topic and we move on to the brood topic. I don't um, want to move on. <laughs> that's right. Uh, happy Easter to you guys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I do want to say that the one thing that continues to impress me about San Antonio is how much they show up. Yeah. I mean, like the Fed Cup, first of all, by the way, that's no small order to get here because it's an international cup. I mean, this thing is all over the place. You're talking about World Cup. Uh, so getting, you know, even a part of it here, that, that probably took a lot of effort. And, and it's great right. to see things of that caliber, you know, a world caliber here in San Antonio. Because you expect that in New York. You expect that in some of the other big cities. Hell, it's even in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. But you don't. It's still not quite expected here in San Antonio yet. And I think that's part of, you know, to go along with what you were saying, to your point, uh, I think what has to change is that we have to start expecting those things as a mm -hmm. community and say, no, 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 no. It's no longer like, oh, we almost made it. We expect that to happen. Right. Our community demands that to happen. Right. And then that's where somebody will emerge as a leader to drive that forward. And, and uh, you know what? And I'll say to your point, and I will say this uh, again and again and again. Nobody expected. And this is this is how San Antonio, this is how great we are at this kind of stuff and hosting things and being a part of these kind of things. Nobody expected us to get a Final Four again. Mm. Nobody in their right mind after we were squeezed out with the new format of the Final Four and football stadiums in the palaces of Jerry World up in Arlington and in Minnesota and Atlanta and all these, you know, megalopolis-type stadiums that are billion-dollar stadiums, nobody thought San Antonio could, could get that done to have a Final Four come back here. Not only did we do it in 2018, we're coming back in 2025 with a Final Four again and, and with the same Alamo Dome in six years that we've got now. Now, obviously, they will put some improvements in it. That happens. But it's still not going to be Jerry World. Right. And it's still not going to be, you know, Reliance Stadium in Houston. It's still not going to be those places. So, anyway, that, that's what I'm going to... Well, that's what I'm going to leave you but with. But what's around those places? What's around Jerry World? What's around Reliance Stadium? Yeah, that, that's what that's our strength. There's nothing there. You can walk downtown. Exactly. It's a beautiful river walk. It's all that kind of stuff. There is peripheral strength to that. One of the greatest things is the walk from that Marriott to Alamodome. Right. I think that's one of the coolest things. I've done that over the years. I, I had, you know, friends of my brother who played, you know, Kansas State. Michael Bishop, right. you know, played at Kansas State. So when they came through for the Alamo Bowl. 
you know, we'd meet him at the, the hotel and then we'd walk over and just, I have such fond memories of the, that whole walk right. downtown. And teams have done that. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, I've traveled a lot. It's, it's up there with anything. Yeah. It's up there with anything. That's I mean, our strength. You know, like New York is big, but it, most of it's gross. Right. It's it's not that impressive. And the yeah. play even the places like uh I, I forget what is it, MetLife? I don't know what what the stadium is out there, that the, the yeah. tennis stadium, whatever. Mm-hmm. But none of those are even around the city. Right. They're it's all like Queens, way out. Yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. Uh so I mean, again, I've and I tell people this, you know, like I come home and I'm starting to do some stuff here. I think San Antonio is this gem of an oasis that just needs to be tapped. Yeah. And 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 there's so much potential here. But Getting back to the point I was making, we're sitting there at the Freeman Coliseum, a stone's throw away from the AT&T Center, game three, mm-hmm. game four, game four is about to take place in the playoffs for the Spurs within a couple hours, and we have next door this Fed Cup happening, and it's full. Yeah. It's full. They had thousands. By of. the way, you and I left after the first set with Sloan Stevens because we figured she'd take care of it. And we wanted to go check in on the Spurs game. People stayed. We were one of yeah. the very few to actually leave the building. Right. I just, you know, 20 years ago, I would have never thought that of San Antonio. But you just think about it. There is such a wide variety of interest in world culture here in San Antonio that I don't even think you know, it's citizens as a whole are aware of, mm-hmm. you know, is how, how culturally diverse we really are. Right. And that's our strength. I think military, the people that retire here, they come in here. We have a cross section. When I was sports editor, of the express news, that was always an issue, not an issue, but it, you know, people wanted coverage of their team that they loved. Right. And a lot of times it wasn't the team you'd think of. Yeah. Hey, where's my Pittsburgh Penguins coverage? Where's my, you guys are awful on NHL and, and you're this, that was like, do you know where you are? That's it's right. San Antonio, man. That's right. That's we, right. We didn't know. We, we ice is in our iced tea, buddy. We don't know. <laughs> you know. So we learn. We learn. You know. At that point, the next thing you know, we have hockey and everything else here. But yeah, I could go on and on. In fact, we meant to. We meant to get going on. On I wanted to talk Astros a little that's bit. That's right. You know? That's right. And I went off on this thing because it's just. It's just a burn my saddle, man. Somebody's going to step forward. That's all. Yeah. Someone is going to step forward. I did not win the Mega Millions this weekend, <laughs> but I'm going to keep playing. That's right. With that in mind, because when I win the Mega Millions, I'm buying myself a AAA stadium, <laughs> and I'm inviting my friends. I'm knocking beer prices down to five bucks, and we're going to watch us some baseball. See, man. now that's something I think people can get behind uh, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Oliver for mayor. That's right. That's right. Mayor in 2021. All right, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to get back to some sports talk here in a second. But first, let's get down to the brew topic of the day. Yes. All right, so in the spirit of spring and the weather getting much warmer, we can mm-hmm. actually we we all went and dipped our toes in the pool at least. We, we were able to do that earlier. Uh, so summer's coming up. It seems appropriate to start talking about your favorite summertime beer. What is your right. summertime brew of choice when you're by the pool in the pool? For a lot of us in here in South Texas, it's also on the river. What is your, you know, you're in the sun. It's very hot here. What is your go-to summertime brew? Well, you know, and obviously, because we're Texans, and we're South Texans, Central Texans, however you want to put it on your on your map, <laughs> right. um, I'm loyal to Shiner, because I'm loyal to them, because, you know, they put out some great beer, and they put out seasonal 
pretty aggressively. They do. And I like I like those shiner, uh, uh, you know, and I love the just the the, the grapefruit, you know, just that whole sure, sure. red ruby, yeah, uh, grapefruit. I love that. Um, uh, you know what? I don't mind a line in Kugel. Yeah. I, I know it's kind of wussy. It's a step above the Mike's Hard Lemonade that Mrs. Oliver and I imbibe every once in a while when we want to get, you know. That's right. You go crazy. Little crazy. A little crazy. We get some Mike's Hard Lemonade. Uh, uh, I like the strawberry. It's really, Just really good. awful. Just yeah. awful. Oh, my God. We love to text you guys those pictures. Hey, we're sitting out by the pool with some Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's, it's good stuff. I, you know what? The commercials were the best part. Man. Yeah. The commercials right, were right. absolutely great. But line and kugels, man. I like some summer shandy. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a pool drink. It's definitely a pool drink for yeah. sure. So, yeah, no, so. that's a, now you're gonna pull out something like you know Devil's Canyon <laughs> red red ale or yeah, something. Yeah, right. I wish. I yeah. you know what used to be good that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and maybe somebody out there could tell me what happened to it. There used to be a beer called Pete's Wicked Ale, and it was delicious. I discovered it in college, and it was my go-to beer. They had a Pete's Wicked Ale, which was good, and then they had a Pete's Wicked Strawberry. Mm-hmm. And talk about a strawberry-flavored beer without any kind of frou-frouness to it whatsoever. It was just just a, such a solid beer. Right. Uh, and I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. I, I got really big into it, and then uh, we moved, and, and I wasn't able to get it where we were, we were living. And then uh, a few years after that, I went to look for it again, and I heard that they were no longer making it. So right. I think they got bought out, or I don't know. But that was a good one. Um, no, I don't have anything crazy to pull out. My, my, I, I'm pretty traditional when it comes to summer beers. And I think, you know, in this case, some stereotypes hold true. I like the, the Corona, the Dos Equis. Mm-hmm. My favorite of all of those, uh, Mexican style lagers is actually Negro Modelo. Uh, and they have, I think they have a blonde, but I really like the dark, the Negro mm-hmm. Modelo dark. It's just delicious and surprisingly light for its color. You think it's going to be this, this like heavy, like a porter, like just this like coffee heavy thing. And it's, it's just such a refreshing, a refreshing flavor by a beach, by a pool. My favorite, I, I like to have it by a beach, but anyway, it's, it's delicious. I think Negro Modelo is my go-to yeah, as that, a summer beer. Well, we know, you know, we do have some good locals too that we, you know, we think about, uh, we, we had the weathered souls brewing. We were there a, a few weeks ago for our live event. Um, I love their strawberry right. lager that we we like. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, not as much strawberry to it. You know, right. I thought it'd be a little more kick on the strawberry side. Uh, Alamo Brewing's got some great things too. You know, I love their golden ale, and and that's but that's a year round. Yeah. But you know, it's good stuff. So you know, if, and then you know, we hardly ever talk about these guys. But uh, uh, since Scott Metzger left, I, I haven't been back to Freetail Brewing, but he's the guy that started it. Uh, Freetails, you know what? They they've got great stuff, and yeah. they always did have great stuff. Uh, man, they were serving beer ice cream for a while. Right. Which, beer, beer sherbet, you know, which was good stuff. So, right. We'll have to um, get back out. I haven't been there in, in several years because yeah. I've been gone. But Scott used to take care of us, man. He was a great guy to, to and, and a big advocate for the industry. So, you know, I always like to go support him because of what he was doing for the industry statewide uh, and just, just advocating kind of the distribution laws and some of the different things that were happening regarding craft beer. But, uh, but so, yeah, you know, so we're not discounting that there's some great local beer. Oh, totally. Uh, Weathered totally. Souls, uh, Eugene Seymour and his, uh, the good folks over at Alamo Brewing, and then, of course, uh, Freetail, which, yeah. is, which is the probably the heavyweight till Alamo came along. Right. And there's tons of others around town. Uh, I would challenge them to reach out to us and let us know about what they have for summer. Because right. I'd love to talk about them. Sure. But, you know, there's only so much time in a week between episodes. 
And really, after I'm done editing this episode, we're halfway through the week anyway. So it's <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and it really, it's going to be it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to be talking about a lot of the great beers that are out there. And also, uh, I, I'm, I'm reaching out to some of my contacts, my, right. you know, behind the scenes contacts. You're getting get your black book out, huh? Getting my yingling black and tan <laughs> ale. Because really, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the gold standard for me. Yeah. You know, it all starts there and then everything else just kind of fills in behind. Sure. So is that a guarantee or are you still pulling I'm strings? Working, I'm working. Okay. I'm working. Okay. I, got some, I got some calls to make. I got some... some uh, I'm the wizard behind the curtain, my friend. Right. But it's right. going to happen. As yeah. long as people don't know when or where the drop happens, I think it's okay. It's, it's good. But it's we good. don't want to probably reveal that on right. air. Right, right. And then you're surprised. And by... I've got some law enforcement friends here in town. Oh, that's I'm good. I'm going to try that's to good. find that. Where are, the, where are the dark areas? That's right. You know, the areas that are off the grid a little bit. Yeah. That's what we're talking well, about. Well, if you're when fortunate, you're... they'll send the TSA. They'll never find it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They'll never find it. That's exactly right. And if any of the law enforcement come by, we probably have one for you. That's right. Okay? That's, that's right. Just, that's right. There's, a, there's a password. There's a password and just a, we'll just hand over a little something cold for you. No, that'll be fun. Yeah, That's good right. stuff. That's good right. stuff. Yeah. Well, you'll be all seeing right. a lot more of that coming on. So, well, speaking of all that, that brings us to my Astros, Astros Rangers. Oh man, now, now it is Easter Sunday as we record this, and we just just a little while ago watched uh, just a just a crazy game between the Astros and Rangers. Um, the offshoot of everything is the Rangers have taken four or six from the Astros uh, in Arlington this year so far. And the Astros lose a game today in the, uh, you know, they were down 10 to 1, end up losing 11 to 10, and had the bases loaded with, uh, with two out. And, and uh, Robinson Torino's strikes out at the very end. The, the in Rangers the dirt. in the dirt, swings at a ball in the dirt, which <laughs> didn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, he'd had a couple of hits, but, you know, but, but what a comeback by the Astros yeah. who are just pounding the ball. But, but the Rangers are, and you've got to give me credit. Andrew brought, you have to give me credit because I said a few weeks ago, keep an eye on the Rangers and they're, they're, they're my dark horse team. Nobody thinks that they're going to do anything this year. They got a new manager. I mean, their pitching staff is shambles. They're awful, uh, which they showed today, but they can hit man. Those guys, Joey Gallo, uh, Elvis Andrews. I mean, go down the list. They've lost a couple of guys to injury, but they're stepping up and they're making things happen. The, the offshoot of this whole thing is after this weekend series, the Astros, Astros pitching staff just goes south in a hurry. Garrett Cole gave, gives up nine runs. Colin McHugh gives up nine runs and back-to-back nights. I don't know when's the last time that ever happened with the Astros. But the Astros come out of that series in second place again in the division after having that 10-game winning streak. Uh, they've lost uh, two of their last three or three of their last four. I don't know. They're, they're sucking it up right now. But, but, you know, when you look at them uh, before, they, before they head home for a, a little seven-game homestand, they're a game behind the Mariners as we sit here right now. Uh, and the Rangers are only a game and a half back of, in, the, in the Western Division of the American League. So I'm, I'm telling you, Andrew, this is a tough – there's going to be a tough race. Last year it was the A's. It's not going to be the A's this year. But I think the Rangers are going to be a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. And they showed it this weekend as they knock off the Astros again. And it reminded me a little bit, as you and I talked before we came on the air, in 2015, the Astros shocked everybody made the playoffs. And that was kind of the, kind of the appetizer to what was going to come. 2016, they didn't make the playoffs because they lost like 70% of their games to the, that they played against the Rangers. Rangers were so good that year at le- against the Astros. Um, and then in 17 and 18, the Astros have, have been just, just too good for the Rangers. But it kind of reminds me of that is that the, you know, when you, these are the kind of losses that, you know, come 
October, I don't know, but you, you look back and you say, geez, geez, you know, if they, you know, don't need to be losing those guys. Right, you know? right. But I think the Rangers are going to be tough this year. I really do. So let me ask you, we're what? You said like an eighth through the season? I mean, we're just oh, yeah, starting. Yeah, 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 one eighth, yeah. A little over an eighth of the way through so the season. So they can hit, right? What? Are they, what but they're going to have to play some defense. Yeah, defense. And the, and, yeah, and so what do you think about, I mean, what can they do to shore that up? I mean, is it they're just going to have to have a better field game or can they do something with their pitching staff? I think the pitching staff is just the biggest issue for the Astros right now. Only, well, and, and even then it wasn't an issue. It wasn't an issue till just, I don't know if the Rangers are just hitting that well because they've won, Rangers are, have won six of their last eight. I mean, they're playing good baseball. Or if the Astros, uh, I don't know if it's a, alarm bells go off yet, but it's just, it's just it's early, you know, and they're still, uh, the Astros are still, you know, right there, game out of first, you know, and they're still the best team maybe in baseball. Um, and you don't, you don't come back from 10 to 1 to lose 11 to 10 without that happening. Right. Had some bad breaks over, over that last game. But uh, I think, you know, when you, when you talk about the Astros pitching, I thought, well, Wade Miley's a question mark. He's been a little bit of a question mark. Okay. Uh, you, Garrett Cole was not supposed to be a question mark. This guy, and he's one in three to start the season. So th- that's that's a concern. You know, he's very erratic. He's not playing, you know, not pitching all that great. Colin McHugh actually had been, had been great. He'd been spectacular. And then the Rangers took him to the woodshed today uh, on Easter Sunday. Uh, so, you know, there's I, – I, I don't know. I don't know the lightning flares about this because – They've been really good. The Astros won ten straight, uh, not even hitting that well. They won ten straight, and now they're now they're actually breaking the ball, and their pitching goes south a little bit. So, you know, it's still it's still kind of early. But you know, when you look around the league right now, what's interesting in the major leagues right now is the Yankees. They're kind of scuffling along. They've lost injury after injury after injury. Now Aaron Judge is out for at least three weeks. Yeah, they've lost everybody. They've lost everybody, <laughs> but they're still kind of scuffling. You know, yeah. and. Uh, Tampa Bay surprised everybody. Tampa's in first place in the American League East. The Red Sox are, are so bad in the early going, surprisingly bad, the defending World Series champs, that now they're, making, they're, they're wondering what they're going to do in Boston. They're already, they're already starting to write stories about, should we trade people? Should we, should we give up on the season? Should we, you know, because Boston fans pretty notorious about yeah, this stuff. Right. Hey, by the way, guys, just a few months ago, you won the World <laughs> Championship. Hang in there. We're you know we're like at you know one eighth of the way through the season. Uh, we got right. time. That's right. So there's some interesting things happening in baseball, and the Astros have been kind of the, you know they've been they've been kind of the uh, the high water mark for the league overall. I think a lot of people feel like they're still going to be very strong down the stretch, which which I certainly believe. Right. So I don't know. That's my that's my my Astros rant for the day. Was yeah. This was a little bit of a surprise. They go home now. They play the Minnesota Twins. Uh, uh, which will be notable in that Marwin Gonzalez, the former Astro, the World Series star from a couple of years ago, comes back with the Twins. He signed as a free agent with the Twins, so he's back. And then, uh, and then they play the Cleveland Indians, and the Indians are a pretty good team this year. They're playing very well, and they've been a team that's uh, had a real history with the Astros too. So that'll be a fun. Uh, but they'll be home. The Astros have played pretty well at home this year. Right, right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap up the month. I will say, we I brought it up, ESPN did – question how the Astros would fare for the month Mm -hmm. coming into the month even though they had done so well so early on right I mean I don't know that this one game or even a few is something to right what 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 is it 11 of 12 for them 
how oh. many games they've won in the last 12. They won 11. Oh, they won. No, well, now they've lost two of the three, so they've won, they've won 11 of the last 13. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're okay. They'll I th- live. I think, I think, yeah, I think they're, they're faring they're, pretty well. Yeah, and the Mariners are not. Mariners are pretenders. They're in first place, but, but nobody. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not happening. Bookmark that, folks. For yeah, your, uh... that's your strawberry. <laughs> that's your strawberry ale right there. Uh, you know, speaking of home, can we switch topics now? Absolutely. All right. Speaking of home, being at home, uh, Spurs game four. Yeah, <laughs> game four did not get it done, and it reminded me in game three, Derek White had that ridiculous monster game that everyone viewed as a breakout game. Uh, carried the Spurs to a, to a victory. They were up 2-1 in that series. And then on Saturday, they lose a game uh, that they had had a, a, a pretty good lead in. They, they blow another lead. Got absolutely raked in the second and third quarters, 65-39, to 39, I think, by the Nuggets. Uh, and number one, only scored 39 points in the second and third quarter. Couldn't hit a shot. Didn't hit any three-pointers. The Nuggets hit everything they threw up there for a while. Uh, a couple of things are coming out of this Spurs series that I think should concern everybody. Because it's a, it runs a little contrary to Spurs teams we've seen in the past. Number one, the Spurs, again, showing some atrocious defense. Uh, just this has, been, this has been a bugaboo all year for the Spurs. They can't play defense in key moments. Uh, number two, they, they, it, what's it, their bench is just awful. They're just awful, Andrew. I mean, you look, uh, Patty Mills tried. He tries. He can't play defense, but he tries. Right. But uh, Rudy Gay, wretched. Uh, Marco Bellinelli, wretched. Yeah. Uh, Davis Bertans, wretched. Absent. These guys are just, they're just, this is winning time, folks. This is when these guys need to, listen, if you're going to get it done, this is when you get it done. When the spotlight, the NBA world is watching you, uh, everybody's everybody's on, on uh, you, you know, on alert regarding these games. They're keeping an eye on what's happening. Uh, everyone plays with emotion during this time. They're not even playing with emotion. No. I saw I saw Marco Bellinelli out there just standing in the corner during that game yesterday, and I it, it's it's concerning to me that that's what's happening as well with this team. Is that, but the other thing was that Derek White, you know, when 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 he was shut down, and in the fourth quarter of that of that game of Game Four, uh, Derek White not of impact was at all, and reminded me, uh, and after listen after Game Three, we were all ballyhooing this guy yeah but it reminded me of back when i used to cover the jets up in new york and bill parcells used to say all the time here we are these new york reporters were all there and talking to him we'd say oh you know marvin jones had a great game this guy is an all pro blah 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 and his word was always hey let's not put this guy in the hall of fame just yet and after game four watching Derek white i thought let's not put this guy in the spurs hall of honor just yet yeah let's not lift the jersey to the rafters just yet. Sure. Now, he, he had an opportunity. He still has opportunity. But, Andrew, I, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I think this is a Spurs team that shows what could be. You know, and even in, in, in game one and game three when they won, uh, you kind of see this is what this Spurs team could be. But the biggest thing I ask you is when you watch this Spurs team play, who's your closer? Who's your guy in the fourth quarter when it's winning time, when you're coming down the stretch in a game four, when you need the big play? DeMar DeRozan gets thrown out for winging the ball at the referee because he's frustrated. That's not your leader. Rudy Gay's not your leader. Didn't even stick around to talk to reporters after the game because he played miserably, but didn't face the camera. 
went ahead and left. LaMarcus Aldridge didn't even play in the fourth quarter but for just matchup reasons or whatever. Look, we got to get some. So Pop throws out there Bellinelli, Rudy Gay, Davis Bertans. Uh, you know, here comes uh, Patty Mills. Look, you got to hit some threes. You got to knock down. We need points. We need scoring. Those guys, they, were, they didn't even shoot the ball. So I'm just asking you, who, who do you want of this 2019 Spurs team to close a game for you? I mean, I think it's a great point because it, I think the answers in the question that you don't know, you don't know. Nobody's, nobody's emerged as this is, you know, where's the Manu Ginobili that comes in and saves the game or that comes in and, and rallies the team in some kind of crazy fashion. Mm-hmm. And there, there isn't anything like that right now. Now, Derek White showed that the other game, game right. three, he definitely right. showed that. And he's shown that throughout not just the series. He's, he's shown that throughout the entire season, right? The way that he's taken over the team and it, it, it means something when he's on the court and you can argue that it means something just by statistical percentages with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan as well. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting I think maybe we talked about this before, but you know Stephen A. Smith called out Lamarcus Aldridge and said, "Yeah, he gets his numbers, but he doesn't get his numbers when the, he needs to get his numbers. Mm-hmm. He shows up when you know it doesn't matter that he's showing up. He's he's piling on points, great, but in the fourth quarter when you're in the trenches and you're you've you know they're going on an 8-0 run, that's when you need to show up and make your points, and that's when he's absent. But he's right. not the only one. Demar Derozan's absent as well in a bad way." Uh, Rudy Gay was I, I don't know what was going on with him. Right. I mean, the whole series has been bad for him, but that last game was just. I mean, Awful. he he couldn't give half his salary away for a basket. He just yeah. couldn't find a basket. And um, you know, Derek White, I think is is also just young. I'm not sure that he's a hundred percent there to carry a team on his back. He showed that he had the ability to do that. But I don't think that he has quite shown the maturity because, you know, the thing about leadership is this. Uh, it's not that you can play great. It's not that you can do it or that you've done it once before. It's that you do it when everybody else is depending on you because they can't. Mm-hmm. That's when you are you emerge as a great leader. And it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to show up to work when you don't feel like it. Right. For whatever reason, you're sore from the last game. You had a bad day. You know, someone spilled your coffee. Whatever. Things happen. Life happens. And let's not forget that these athletes are people too. Right. So it's not like, you know, every game is roses for these guys when they show up and they should just be thankful and happy to play the game. I mean, it's... Maybe they have oak pollen too. It, I don't that's know. exactly you know, right. That's exactly we were right. We laughing about that, you know. But, you know, so you've got all these... There's a lot of things that go into the psychology of doing anything, right? And especially when you're doing things at a high level and when people are watching you with, with critical eyes. Um, and when you're young and you have a lot of potential... Everybody's ready to jump on the bandwagon. Everybody wants is ready to sell out the jersey. But we usually do it too quickly without letting the individual step forward and, and, and decide that they want that and that they're ready for that. Yeah. And I think um, we, you know, I still think we don't know. I think Derek White has tremendous potential. But you know what? I, I believe. And still do, you know, I think Johnny Manziel has tremendous potential, but he's yet to step into that light. 
So yeah. I'm not anointing that potential. I'm just saying it's there. Whether or not right. it ever gets used, yeah. who knows? Well, we haven't seen Johnny Manziel perform in a spotlight like Derek White did. At the end of the day, well, no, yeah. no, no, no. But but certainly when he was in college, he oh, did. Oh yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so you know, Derek White showed some flash, mm-hmm. and and I think you know Pop said it best when he was like, you know, he realized that you know just because he did it once, it's not going to always be there for him, and, and that you're going to have to dig, yeah. you're going to have to nuggets, fight, you're going to have made to. A ring. They made adjustments, absolutely, and and you know it sucks because I think it's frustrating when you do when you commit something like that, you spend all your energy on a game like that, you have a great game, it's a great feeling, everybody high fives, you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you come back out. And you're down again. Right. And that's when the leader is required to step up and say, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that this time. Yeah. I'm going to do something shocking. I'm going to do something to change the momentum, to change the energy and make this happen in our favor again. Yeah. That's a leader. That's what Manu Ginobili did. That's what Tim Duncan was able to do. That's what uh, Tony Parker was able to do. Now, not young. Remember, Tony Parker was terrible his first couple sure, of years. Sure, sure. But uh, he learned to step into that role and to realize what was required. You know, one thing I don't like seeing um, is, you know, DeMar DeRozan has the potential to be that player, but he's not. He he shies away from the moment, I think. There's a great, one of my favorite movies of all time, like a guilty pleasure of mine, is that movie The Replacements, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. love that movie. In fact, mm. it's almost time to start watching it because we're right at that in-between flux before football starts again, yeah, yeah, get- that dead period. Uh, but, uh, you know, Coach McGinty tells uh, the quarterback, tells Flacco, he says, uh, or Falco, excuse me, he says, uh, you know, winners always want the ball when the game's on the line. And I don't get that sense from DeRozan. DeRozan will drive in, be inches away from the basket, and try to kick it out in some weird fashion. Yeah. And I'm saying, you're the guy, man. You're 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 the you know you're the people. You're the guy that everybody talks about around the league. You're going to be a shooter. Shoot the ball. Yeah. You're there. Shoot the ball. When you you know Lamarcus Aldridge, when you come down and you've got the ball in the basket, what are you doing but going up and either get the foul or the basket or both. Right. I just don't see that there's any other options there. Yeah. And and then you see these terrible turnovers that they and they always commit this stuff in the fourth quarter. They make terrible decisions, these these wild passes that are just nowhere even possible to be made right. rather than taking the obvious shot. And you might miss, but it's like their ego can't take a miss or yeah. or the, you know, the chance of a miss. And that to me is what's been so bizarre well, about watching was, this team. And that was DeRozan's knock in Toronto. And last year he got benched in a playoff game, you yeah. know, late in the game, you know. So, uh, and I think Pop, the Wizard, was doing everything he could, yanking sure. on every lever he could yeah. to try to make something happen. You saw the lineups he threw out in the fourth quarter yesterday. Right. Oh, my Lord. I, it's still that guy they signed from Europe who I, I still can't pronounce his name. I don't even know oh, who yeah. that guy is. You know, he looks like a, <laughs> Demo a, or something. Looks like a villain from a Bond movie <laughs> or something like that. But, but you know, it, in the the Express News did a great breakdown today. Basically, basically the breakdown was the Spurs didn't hit their shots. Right. They just did not hit their shots. They didn't make anything. Nobody made anything happen in that ball game. The Nuggets outscored the Spurs by 30 points from the three-point line in game four. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's the name of today's game, obviously. But the Spurs outshot Denver, out-rebounded the Nuggets for the fourth consecutive game, out-rebounded them, scored 60 points in the paint, turned the ball over only nine times in the game, and attempted 32 free throws and lost. Yeah. And lost. You know, and that's a, that's a game that said, look, no, nobody – but the bench was 
awful. Nobody came off the bench and said, I'm going to provide some electricity and make this thing happen. Now, I say all that to say that the Spurs, all they need is one win in Denver to maybe make this thing really interesting. So they go to Denver Tuesday night. They play, again, Derek White's in front of his his family. You know, he played in Colorado. He loves playing up there. The Spurs played very well when they were in Denver. Blew game two, had a great lead, blew it. Twice. Two 19-point leads and blew it. Uh, the Spurs have proven they could do it. But I want everybody, you and I are going to watch. I want everybody. I just want everybody to watch that game and to tell me, not only now, this year, but look moving forward uh, to 2019, 2020, who is going to take this team by the throat and say, follow me, follow me? I mean, knock, knock LeBron James all you want, but, but that's a guy who said, you know what, get on my back. We're going to make something happen. Uh, you could pick out the superstar players in this league, uh, and I'm sorry, LaMarcus Aldridge is not that guy. He's not that guy. Hey, get on my back. We're, we got, you know, we got, they're, they're attacking the gates. I'm your guy. Put, put me up there. I'm going to take care of the situation. Rudy Gay, not getting it done. I mean, I'm just frustrated by that because the Spurs know they have opportunities. They can win this series against a team that they're not supposed to be, but they could win this series. And then you play Oklahoma City or Portland. You can win those. You could win that series. Yeah. You know, in the second round. You're not getting Golden State or Houston. You're going to take on Portland or, or, or Oklahoma City. You could beat those guys. Yeah. The Spurs could be in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I, I just just the matchups favor the Spurs in that regard, as opposed to a Golden State or Houston. Sure. So I don't know. That's my that's my breakdown of the Spurs right now. Is I'm going to watch Tuesday night. I want to see who is going to say we're in a pickle here. We've got to win this ball game. Who's going to say I'm taking over? And yeah. I because I, I, I don't know who that is right now. I have no idea who's your guy. And it's hard, and it's unfair to give it to Derek White at this point. It's unfair to say, "Hey, Derek, you got to go out there and save us." Right? Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, he could do it. I'm glad he. I hope he does. Yeah. But the Spurs have to make adjustments. But Pop can do all he can do. He can move every chess piece he can do. If they can't hit a shot, or the bench comes out and stands around like they did in the fourth quarter yesterday, that could be ugly. Well, he's. You saw that article that came out by ESPN a few days ago about Greg Popovich and the lore surrounding Greg Popovich off the court, not even surrounding the court. But, you know, he's he's famous. He's world-renowned for these dinners that he hosts mm-hmm. for his teams. And there's a lot behind it. It's not just that it's this, you know, incredible dinner, that the food is so incredible. It's not that he's a wine connoisseur, even though he is all of those things. It's that he strategically plans everything down to who sits where and how many people at a table because he believes that the relationships that are gained at these dinners and the conversations that are had are where teams are formed, where games start to be won and lost, essentially. So all that said, I think it'd be interesting to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall of the last dinner the team just had following the way that they just played heading into Denver for game five. And you know what we got to bring up too. We, 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 of course, we're, we're heavy on the Spurs because it's important to us. But the NBA playoffs have been pretty entertaining. Oh my gosh! And I know the ratings are kind of down and all that kind of stuff. But the 76ers Nets has been Brutal. out of control. Yeah. I mean, those teams are going after it. You know, when you look at Jared Dudley of the Nets ripping on Ben Simmons and Simmons 
you know, they're, they're on the court. They're going after Jimmy Butler and, uh, and Dudley get thrown out of the last game for the uh-huh. Nets and Sixers. Sixers are going to win that series because they're, they're the better team. But, uh, man, what a great showdown that's been. And a lot of the other series have been the same way. Golden State and uh, has been getting after it with the Clippers. Yep. And, and I think the Clippers are saying we got to be physical and go after these guys, try to get them out of their game. But, of course, it's poking the bear, and it's not working out very well for them. But, you know, you look at uh, Kevin Durant just getting it done when yeah. guys are in his face like that. Uh, I've kind of liked watching all that stuff happen. And the Spurs, if the Spurs could show – 50% of that fire yeah, right. every once in a while. And, and, not, and I'm not counting throwing a ball at the referee. That's, that's an easy target. <laughs> yeah, we all want to throw the ball at exactly, the referee. That's, exactly. not, that's not satisfying anything. <laughs> but, but it has been fun to watch the NBA landscape. But I, it bothers me because I know what the Spurs are capable of. It bothers me that we're not going to see after next week, if they play like they played yesterday, right. we won't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But you know what, though? Here we are. We're going into game five. Mm-hmm. of uh you know the first series and we're this hyped up about it we're this, you know I, I found i was i was royally pissed yesterday evening at the end of that game just with yeah. the way that they closed that fourth quarter was just awful just some of the worst basketball i've ever seen and the fact that i cared the fact that i gave a damn really tells you something about this team mm-hmm. uh, who again was a bunch of no name nobodies at the beginning of the year. Right. I mean, this I mean, this truly is. We've said it several times. And I think it, it bears saying several more times. This is the quintessential transition year for a team like the San Antonio Spurs. And here they are. They're scrapping it out. 2-2, game five on the way right. against a very tough opponent in Denver. Yeah, and the Denver looking the way they were supposed to look. Yeah. But uh, and I'll give them credit. I'll give the Nuggets credit. They hit everything. Yes, they do. And Michael Malone, yes, uh, the coach of the Nuggets, uh, put together a lineup. Uh, kind of made some tweaks with his lineup. Craig was just outstanding. You know, good. Uh, Gary Harris was great. Uh, Jamal Murray, who's who's was supposed to be the X factor in this series, has been that the last uh, a couple of victories for the Nuggets. Right. So you know, you look at those kind of things. You think, yeah, he's making, but he's got probably got a little bit better weaponry than, of course, the, and the seating you know, plays that out. Sure. Uh, they've got the better seating, but I think that, uh, well, it, you but know, the Spurs, it, I mean, Bellinelli's been there. Yeah. Um, Patty Mills has been there. Rudy Gay is, has been, he's been on some bad teams. So I, I'm not, I don't even think Rudy Gay hasn't had that much playoff experience in these big moments, seriously. Right. And it's maybe it's showing, I don't know, but you know, LaMarcus Aldridge has been there. DeMar DeRozan, he's been there. Not, not, not a lot. Yeah. But he's to been the there. point though, LaMarcus Aldridge, remember, he was not the hero of the city just a few years ago. No. When Kawhi no. went down and, yeah. and he had to step up, he refused. He, no, he, he literally didn't. said, no, I don't want to be the leader. Yeah, in the Warriors, Warriors series. I mean, yeah. what can you do with a guy like that? So, yeah, you know, he's been great and he's learned to kind of just, you know, at least do his job the last few years. But let's not forget this is the same guy that said, I don't want to be the leader yeah. in a very crucial series against Golden State where they could have won. Yeah. They could have won that and series. And not to say that LaMarcus didn't have his moments yesterday. He had a great first half. Sure. He put up some points. Yeah, but that's what the but, thing but, is. But we're talking about but that's winning the knock, time. Though. Exactly. That's the knock on him, yeah. though. He could put up points. But but there's a difference between putting up some points and and bringing your team a victory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, being, and you're not even on the court in the being fourth a quarter. Dis- well, right. you got to be well, disruptive. Pop says, I'm going to go with this other lineup because I'm not going to win with the lineup that has these guys on the court. Right. You've got to be a disruptor. You've got to be able to come in and change the flow of the game. If the flow of the game is in the other team's favor, you've got to be able to come in and stop that 
right. in some fashion. Manu Ginobili was, was a legend for it. That's literally what he did. That's why he existed. Right. You know, you don't have to exist, make that your existence, but you do have to be able to do it to some capacity. Tim Duncan could do it. Not, you know, he's, a, he's, you know, all-star, but he, that's what he did. Right. And so it's not that it's not because you're a big, it's not because you're a whatever. Lamarcus Aldridge is supposed to be all these things. He's a big, he can shoot, he can do. So what's the missing link? I don't know. Mental, I don't know. Mental. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But, it, but it, it, so that, that introduces, I'm telling you, Tuesday night, Spurs on the road at Denver. Keep an eye on that game. Let me ask you. Who's going to step forward and be the guy? So is this, is this a must win? If they lose yes. Tuesday, you think it's over? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think got they've win. got to rally. You, you've got to say in your mind that Nuggets cannot possibly shoot as well as they did in Game Four. No, I'm just saying they just can't shoot that well, and the Spurs can't be that ridiculously bad. Right. I mean, Marco Bellinelli has got to be able to hit a three pointer. Something. Davis Bertans <laughs> has been absolutely awful. Yeah. Not, not only awful. Where is he? Absent. Even on the court, I don't even know where he is. You know. So, but I do like me some Jacob, Jacob Pertle, though. He's been great. Yeah, He's so, been great. And, and give, give credit to Denver. Give credit to Jokic and uh, Jokic. Yeah, right. The Joker. So, anyway, I, on and on and on and on. We, I, I, I've been fired up on this Easter Sunday <laughs> about AAA baseball. That's right. That's been right. fired up about my Astros. I've been fired up about the Spurs. We've got so much to talk about. And I tell you what, this has been episode 12 of What's Brewing Sports. And Andrew, I tell you what, it's getting better and better, more fun, because as we said at the beginning, uh, this city is waking up to a lot of sports and a lot of the great things happening. It's a lot of fun to watch. And right now, it's Fiesta. So we're going to be partying on, in addition to uh, talking about sports next week. We'll kind of bring to you, hey, we got some parades to talk about, some different kind of things going on. That's right. That's right. Maybe some more bonus material. Who knows? But yeah, this has been a fun one. Definitely a fiery one for sure. Uh, Don Garber? Sucks. 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 And we'll see. Hopefully, we're still talking Spurs basketball here next week. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, that's good one right. way or the other. I hope to we'll be, be talking about it. That's them. right. Maybe we'll be eating our words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to eat my words. I want to, I want Tuesday night somebody on that Spurs team of consequence to step up, get up on his hind legs, and make something happen. Yeah. I don't want to give the whole, I want some nasty speech. Yeah. But I want some but, freaking yeah, nasty. Exactly, exactly. LaMarcus Aldrich, get nasty. Yeah, seriously. Do you want to keep playing, or do you want to, guys want to st- just step back and watch the Nuggets drain three-pointers all day? Right, right. Now, and, I agree. And I they agree. can't help. I mean, they, look, I know they're lousy on defense. I know they stink. I know that. But you know what? Be, get 60% defense out there and hit some of your shots, you're going to win, like yeah. game three. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, you know, the Spurs were a shooting team not but a few months ago. They were one of the top shooting teams oh, yeah. in the league. Yeah. So they have it. They just got to find it. Yeah. It's not like the Nuggets are great shakes on defense. Right. Right. All right. Well, all right. All right. You can't. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on right, for right, a very right. long time. Somebody step up and make something happen. That's right. In the meantime, I'm going to step up and shut this thing down yeah. uh, before it goes on too long. Thank you guys again so much for listening to the 12th episode of What's Brewing Sports. As always, I'm Andrew Broad along with Richard Oliver. Um, you can find us anywhere where podcasts are played iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc. Uh, and of course, our parent company, SoundCloud. Um, and please rate, review, and let us hear from you guys. Again, we always enjoy hearing from you guys. It's been a lot of fun up till now through the 12th episode. 
and uh, we look to continue those relationships. Um, I don't know, you got anything else? No, I'm just, a, and, and, and you know what? You brought it up. Those of you listening, you've got some great beer uh, suggestions. That's a great point. We may need it. Watching these Spurs games. Yeah, no kidding. Bring us some beer suggestions no so we can take it from there. That's right. Something for the pool. <laughs> and don't forget our yes. Yingling Black and Tan Ale connections. <laughs> That's coming right. up that's right we'll, we'll, we'll post photos we will keep you updated that's for sure all right that's it for now guys take care